Hey, it's Mark Kay, and today we are going to get to the truth, the nitty-gritty, everything you need to know about this Michael Flynn resignation and Donald Trump being a Russian spy and all that from beginning to end. Plus, we've got some free stuff for you, too, that I want to give away. Uh, all that coming up in like 60 seconds. I ask you just to sit through this one break, and that's it. One break and no more. 60 seconds, and then like an hour of uninterrupted us. Just mano a mano, or uh, a womano if you're, you know... If you're a woman, the Mark K show starts next. This is the Mark K show and my name is Mark K. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. Ah, man, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, what a great day so far. This has been a fantastic day. It's my daughter's birthday today. She's nine. I can't believe it. I can't believe, I can't believe how time flies. It seems like, it seems like just yesterday I was, you know, a freewheeling dude. Actually, that's not true. I was never... I was never a freewheeling dude. Uh, but uh, happy birthday to my to my wonderful daughter. She's great. We're going to party later. In fact, after today's broadcast, I'm going to go to in the kitchen, and I have to finish icing her cake. I have to go and finish icing her cake because no one wants an uniced cake. Uh, and then she it's chocolate with chocolate. Then she wants chocolate sprinkles. She's going through like a chocolate phase, uh, which, you know, I'm all about because, because, I don't know, you can't really see the bottom half of me, but let's just say this is the fit part. This is the, this is why I only show you uh, from this part up. A couple things, couple of programming notes before we get into the whole the whole show. First of all, hi, thanks for being here. Second of all, I would like you to uh, I would like you to do me a favor. And what I would like you to do is I would like you to share this broadcast with just about everybody you know, and even some people that you don't know. Uh, share it with your friends, your family. Just they make it easy. There's a little button right there on Facebook that says share. If you're on YouTube, uh, you can do the same thing. You can share it on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast, you can copy and paste the podcast uh, URL. They make it. Everyone makes it really simple to share because sharing is caring. And if you care, uh, we'd like you to share. Also, the call-in number, which is very exciting. Look, let me put this up. I forgot to put this up yesterday. Uh, this is the call-in number. It's 844-436-MARK or 844-436-6275. That's the number to call uh, if you want to com- if you want to comment on anything and everything except my except my you know anything like my personal you know any no, no personal comments like boy you sure are bald. I get, I get, I get enough of those, uh, in the, you know, from the, uh, in the email and, and stuff like that. Anyway, so, uh, please share. And then there's a number if you want to call in. Also, this is way cool. I have a free gift and I mentioned, I, I meant to mention this yesterday, uh, but I was kind of off on a, on a St. Valentine's day tangent. Uh, I was having a crazy day yesterday, but I, I meant to mention this yesterday. I have a free gift for everybody and it's really kind of cool. It's this, it's a, it's a credit card knife. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. Or if you have one of these, if you don't have one, they're awesome. I use it all the time. I use it to open boxes, uh, you know, to cut wire. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, like you're out in your car and you're like, oh my God, I need to cut something, brake cables. I don't know. Uh, but you didn't, you're like, oh, wait, I have a knife. It's in my, it fits in your wallet, right? So I don't know if you've ever seen these. A lot of people have these, but basically it, it locks this way. You turn this little knob to unlock it and watch the, bl- oh, hold on. I did it wrong. The blade pops out. This folds over like this and snaps into place and look. It's like a, it's a freaking knife. Look at this. And it's really sharp too. It's great. Watch this. See, it's like, it's like a nice sharp knife. You can, well, hold on. I have to, now, there you go. There you go. See, and, uh, and it fits conveniently in your wallet. Then what happens is once you're done slicing and dicing, (laughs) whatever it is, maybe you want to, I don't know if you can shave with it, but whatever, whenever you're done, whatever you need to do with it, you just pop it like this and it closes back up. 
and then you lock it. And uh, what happens is you put it back in your wallet or your pocket or whatever. Look, it slides right in there. It's called a credit card knife. And these, there was a big story, but look, and then it's in my wallet. Uh, th there was a big story about these a couple years ago because you know what happened is people would put them in their wallets and they'd get on airplanes and they'd forget that they had them. So they were like sneaking these knives onto airplanes. Um, and then the TSA got wise. Uh, this is a metal blade, so you won't be able to do that. And what happens is a lot of people were leaving these at airports. So if you work for the TSA or whatever, you know that if you go to the airport, there's like five bajillion of these. Uh, but these, here's the thing. These are, are free. A company called Survival Life gives these away for free. And if you want the link, it's on my website. So go to my web. Here it is. Uh, this is my website. This is a screen grab of my website, markk.com, M-A-R-K-K-A-Y-E.com. And if you click here, you can see I highlighted it. It's uh, right in the right-hand side there, right under follow Mark K on social. It says free credit card knife. Click there. Uh, you just pay for shipping and you get the knife absolutely free, uh, courtesy of Survival Life, which is one of my favorite blogs. I don't actually do anything that they say because I, you know, I don't have, I don't have room in my garage or spare cash to do any of it. But I do, uh, I do, I do collect little. Also, this knife, by the way, which you see me use all the time. I was using this one the other day. This is from them as well. This was a free gift too. I think I just paid for shipping. This is one of my favorite knives. Uh, I use, like I said, I open all of my Amazon packages with this knife. Uh, because it's, it's, it's sturdy. It's handy. I used to cut lemons for my Moscow mules with them. Uh, then I had to stop drinking Moscow mules because everybody thought I was a Russian spy and I was in somehow, I was, uh, somehow, uh, you know, fixing and hacking the election. Uh, but that, that we, there's no proof to that. I just enjoy vodka and limes and ginger beer. Okay, so let's get to the news today. And I would like to point out, today we're just going to discuss news. No politics. This is not a political thing. This is just me giving you the news, step by step. No opinion whatsoever. Because this whole Michael Flynn thing, this General Flynn thing is getting confusing for a lot of folks, okay? Uh, getting, getting confusing for a lot of folks. So I want to start with exactly what happened, who it happened to, why it happened, and most importantly, what it means for you going forward. And uh, if, if you've been following the news, you know that this guy here is General Michael Flynn. And he worked for Barack Obama uh, on a couple of occasions. He was President Obama's, what the hell was he? Something or other. And, uh, and what happened was he, he was called to testify uh, against Islamic terrorism. And he didn't, he, he didn't agree with President Obama. They had a differing stance. He thought that Islamic terrorism was a thing. Barack Obama said, you can't quantify it as Islamic terrorism. Uh, Michael Flynn wanted to call it ISIS. Barack Obama wanted to call it ISIL, whatever. He got fired. He was canned. He's out. You're, you know, hit the, you're out like, instead of you've heard of in like Flynn, he was out like Flynn. So now, uh, fast forward to Donald Trump winning the election and picking his cabinet, and he needs a national security director, uh, or intelligence director, rather. And what he does is he picks up Michael Flynn. Why? Well, because they share a lot of the same beliefs. Uh, he's a general. He's had experience in Washington and with intelligence. And I can't help but think because Barack Obama fired him, and he knew it would kind of, you know, it would just kind of gnaw at him. It would gnaw at, uh, at former President Obama if he put him in his cabinet. So for all those reasons, I'm sure uh, Donald Trump chose him. Well, fast forward 24 more days, and, uh, and, what, and what happens is he, he has to resign. Uh, he's, he's asked to resign. He's told, dude, you got to get out because you screwed the pooch on this new administration. So here, here's how this works. The, the transition between White Houses is always a tricky, sticky situation. You have one team who's in the White House 
and they are still governing and they are still doing the, the stuff that presidents are supposed to do, or at least pretending to do the stuff that presidents are supposed to do when they're not playing golf. And then you have this other team of people, a, a new president, a new vice president, a new chief of staff, and they have to prepare to be ready to go on day one. They have to be ready to go on day one, which means they've got just a couple of months to figure out what the hell they're doing, who they're doing it with, and how they're going to do it so that once the inauguration hits, they hit the ground running full speed ahead. And as you can imagine, that's very tricky to do when there's somebody in the place where you're supposed to work. There's somebody uh, in that is working inside your office and there's somebody that's basically doing things that you wouldn't do when you finally do take over their job. For example, Barack Obama was upset or concerned that the Russians had hacked the election. You may remember we spoke ad nauseum about that, about the so-called Russian hackers, about how they were working with WikiLeaks, about Julian Assange, about all the DNC stuff, about how they set up Bernie Sanders for the fall and Hillary Clinton ultimately. And the the, the big story, the, the big fake news stories from BuzzFeed and CNN about about the golden showers and how, you know, all this stuff was happening with the Russians' involvement. And it was even ordered by the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin himself because they wanted Donald Trump in the White House. That was what the, the narrative coming from Barack Obama was. So in order to punish the Russians, which is what leaders do, that's, what, that's one of the things presidents are supposed to do, punish enemies, especially when they act up, punish people who do things against the United States of America, punish people who mess with our democracy or our citizens. And so Barack Obama said, look, we're going to eject a whole bunch of your Russian operatives who we know are spies or who we know are working for you guys, or even just who we suspect are working for you guys, which this is always something that surprised me. They rounded up what was like 32 people, 35 people. And they rounded up these 35 Russian operatives and they kicked them out of the country. And I thought to myself, well, hold it. If you know they're Russian operatives, why are you just letting them wander around the country to begin with? I mean, doesn't it seem, doesn't it seem like you would want them out of the country before they can really mess around? I mean, if I were a Russian operative, I would be shocked if I were able to stay in this country as long uh, as long as, you know, right now I'd be shocked if I were, by the way, I'm not a Russian operative. I'm not at all. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not an operative. I don't really operate. I'm Canadian and we don't really, we're not, we're not threatening, eh? Uh, but anyway, back to Russia. So they, they kick these people out. Well, about the same time, Michael Flynn, who is not part of the White House yet because Donald Trump has not been inaugurated. This is still December. This is mid-December, right before Christmas. And Michael Flynn is is in uh, the uh, the transition period. He's not been uh, sworn in. Donald Trump is not the president. He's not in any official capacity working for the new administration because the old administration is still in power. And he gets on the phone with the Russian ambassador and they're chit-chatting. And the way the story goes now is he said something about when, uh, you know, don't worry about it. We'll work this all out when the new president comes into power. Don't worry, because there were sanctions that, that uh, Barack Obama had also thrown up against Russia. They, they kicked these people out and, and, and the Russian ambassador was very concerned. So he talks to, talks to General Flynn about it, allegedly. And General Flynn says, don't worry about it. We'll look at the sanctions. We'll look at everything. When we take office right now, we're still just trying to go forward. Okay. Seems to, seems to me, seems to a lot of people, like that just seems like two dudes who are going to start working together, chewing the fat. 
you know, seems like, hey, we'll make a plan. I know you're concerned about the sanctions. It wasn't our deal. It was Barack Obama's deal. Once President Obama's out of office and we're in office, we'll revisit it and we'll talk about it and we'll figure out a way that's beneficial for both of us. Seems like just business as usual. However, when you're a government agent or when you're part of a transition team or when you have power that the rest of us don't have, there are certain things you can and cannot say. And uh, there's something called the Logan Act, which I'm glad I found out about. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. And according to the Logan Act, uh, you cannot interfere with an enemy. uh, You cannot have a conversation with an enemy or something when it comes to espionage or any kind of treaties and or policies with some kind of adversarial nation. And it's a long, I read part of it and I totally got bored. And that's why I got coffee because I needed, because I had to wake myself up after reading the Logan Act. But basically, uh, a citizen, and that's, the, and that's the key point. I missed that earlier. A citizen, which Michael Flynn was at the time, because again, this was before he took office. A citizen of the United States cannot interfere with the political maneuverings or, or whatever of, uh, of the government in dealing with any kind of foreign, foreign government, something like that. So basically, he overstepped his boundaries. He's a private citizen and Barack Obama is still in power. And he's saying, hey, here's what's going to happen in the future when it comes to Russian-American relations. Totally not a, not a good thing. Now, the reason I'm glad I read about this is because I had this great idea for a future podcast where I was going to call the Kremlin and try to talk to somebody and find out information about uh, about Michael Flynn and the Russian hacking and the golden shower story. And if my neighbor down the street who has a funny accent, and I've always wondered about if he is a Russian operative, because if anyone in my neighborhood is, it's this dude. Also, he never seems to work, but he has tons of cash and I, and he drinks a lot of vodka. Uh, so I, I kind of think he is, but I don't anyway. So I was going to call the Kremlin and ask him these questions, but according to the Logan act as a private citizen calling a government body and interfering in international relations, I could potentially be arrested and thrown into jail for the rest of my life. And I don't want to be in jail, uh, for the rest of my life or, or really any amount of time. Like really, there's no amount of time that I would be comfortable being in, in a federal prison, uh, prison or any prison. Really? I kind of, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying uh, all the freedoms granted to me uh, by the United States of America. All right, so that's that. So anyway, so that all happened. Then here's where the key comes in, okay? Here's where it comes in. General Flynn is talking to uh, Vice President Mike Pence, and there's been an FBI investigation. Uh, apparently, it was leaked that this conversation with Mike, with General Flynn and the Russian ambassador had happened. And now that the FBI has to investigate. And do you remember Sally Yates, the attorney general? She stuck her nose in there just, just days before she was fired. And remember our, our good friend uh, Comey from the FBI? Remember him? James Comey? He's back in action, man. He's back under the spotlight right up there. Uh, in the news where he loves uh, where he loves to be. And so they're all investigating this conversation and these leaks that happened. And, and they find out that there could be some violations made by General Michael Flynn. And General Michael Flynn goes to Vice President Mike Pence. And Mike Pence asks him, did you talk about these sanctions? And he basically said, no, I didn't. Or he didn't give the full story. He didn't give information to the vice president, which was crucial uh, to the vice president and the president going forward. They need to know if their future national security chief uh, or intelligence chief, rather, has has violated the Logan Act or any other federal laws. I think that's that's kind of important to know. So this guy kind of laid the made the bed for himself and now he's got to lay in it. And of course, 
once he gets once he resigns, people start uh, throwing all of the speculation up the ladder, up the chain. Who else knew about it? Reince Priebus, he's the chief of staff. He must have known. Steve Bannon, he probably knew. Attorney General Sally Yates got fired. Did she get fired for this or did she really get fired for the reason they gave originally, which was... What was it? Oh, yes. She failed to uh, to uh, in- enforce the executive order given by Donald Trump regarding the travel ban. So that's kind of that's kind of, you know, where we are now. Uh, Donald Trump finds out about it. They decide the best thing to do is make this guy resign. Make no mistake about it. He didn't just walk in the room and say, hey, guys, you know what? I'll just I'll just quit and we'll and it'll all go away. They basically had to force him to resign. And that's why he's out now. And that's why the speculation, the prying eyes of the media, the the set, they're looking for blood and they're looking for it in the White House and the Oval Office. They're looking for it with Mike Pence and Donald Trump and everybody else. Uh, hence the Twitter ta- hashtag Trump Im- uh, Trump impeachment party, which was trending <laughs> earlier earlier today. Man, the way that this I woke up this morning to see the Trump uh, impeachment party was trending. And I thought to myself, wow. I wonder if these people know that's not the actual process to get a president impeached is just to get a, uh, is just to get a hashtag trending on, uh, trending on Twitter. <laughs> Cause I feel, I feel like some people think that's all it takes is if, if we can get impeached Trump trending on Twitter, he's out. But unfortunately, again, this is, uh, this is not opinion. This is just the news. This is the, according to the government and the laws and the impeachment processes, uh, on the, that's not how it works. Uh, people, presidents have been getting impeached long before there was ever Twitter. So uh, it takes a little bit more. It takes a little bit more, uh, more than that. Uh, oh, uh, the number, by the way, 844-43, I'm sorry. Yeah, 436-6275 or 844-436-MARK. We have a couple phone calls. Uh, we'll get to those here in just a minute. But, but the fact of the matter is that this Michael Flynn thing and this Russia story is, it, it's really interesting to me how, how diligently people are trying to link Donald Trump to Russia. And it's not, it's not the first time it's happened. It won't be the last time it's happened, but I guess what they're thinking now is uh, they're going to go in and they're going to try to find some kind of link. They've, they've, they're looking at all these other phone records and all these other calls, which I'll be honest with you. That to me is almost a little more troubling than Michael Flynn, not knowing what the law is when he broke it. Like, let me give you, for example, I know, look, I know ignorance is not a solid defense for breaking the law. When, trust me, I've, I've used it myself very unsuccessfully. No, officer, I'm sorry. I didn't know the speed limit was 55. I thought the speed limit was 95. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the interstate I'm on. Oh, my bad. Can I just go then because I was stupid? No, ignorance is not a legal defense. Just because you don't know what the law is, if you break it, you are still, uh, you are still susceptible to being you know, penalized. And uh, I just like to say... I just like to say penalized because it's funny. Uh, so anyway, so he didn't know the law or maybe he, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he did because he was a general in the, in the Obama administration, but he broke it maybe inadvertently. Maybe he wasn't thinking, maybe he didn't know that anyone was going to leak his phone conversation. And that to me seems like that should really be the bigger problem because we have in a very young uh, administration, I mean, not young age, but like they're all like he's 70, Donald Trump's, Donald Trump's an old dude. Uh, but I mean, in a young, like they've only been in for 25, 26 days, like a month. This administration has been around for about a month. What's today? The 15th. Oh yeah. It's my daughter's birthday. Uh, and, and they've already had several leaks. The Australian PM phone call was leaked. There was another phone call leaked. Now you've got leaked phone calls going back to the transition team. 
between Michael Flynn and the Russian ambassador. These, by the way, are all classified phone calls. Why is that not the big issue of the day? Why is that not what we should be focused? I mean, it, I, would, I would think that leaked phone calls between the president, his advisors, and other heads of state, that's something that, that, that someone should be looking into. I would, but I'm not an investigative journalist. I'm not even really a journalist at all. Uh, I'm, just an, uh, I'm just an idiot with Google. Yeah, maybe. Uh, does that concern you at all? 844-436-MARK, 844-436-6275. Uh, we go to somebody. Hi, who's this? Hey there, someone in New hey, York. Me? Yeah, hey, what's your name? Yeah, this is Peter. How are you? Hey, Peter, you're calling from New York somewhere. Yes. All yes. right, where in New York are you calling okay. from? It sounds like you're calling from a tunnel or something, because I, we can barely hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, I call from the, 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 the city in New York right now. Hey, let, me, let, let me share with you a couple of things. So my understanding, and I read a couple of news, is there are no evidence talk about anything that, you know, Trump administration linked to uh, to the Russia. However, let, let me, if they working on theory, it's not evident, right? Then here that my theory, my theory that somebody in, in intelligence, it could be work for somebody else again, American. Let's take an example. Let's say if relationship between the U.S. and Russia could be approved, then what? Peter, I'm gonna hold on, Peter. I'm gonna have to put you on hold one second because I'm just gonna be honest with you. I, I can, I'm getting like every other word. Uh, I think there's a problem with your connection. Apparently, there's a problem with everyone's connection. To do the Russians are tapping into this and they're hacking, uh, they're hacking the Facebook live feed too because people are saying that they're they're having some issues. But uh, but yeah, if you're on a phone, uh, just you know make sure you have a clear connection. Definitely do call in though. Because uh, we, we'd love to talk to you and get your opinions, 844-436-6275. And I think what I heard him say was, um, if there, there's no evidence to support the claims that Trump is tied to Russia, that also is true. I mean, there's no concrete evidence at all. If there were concrete evidence, then you'd, you'd see that in every single headline. So as of right now, nothing concrete, nothing solid. It's all conjecture. As it has been, the only amount of the only bit of concrete evidence they had was that one BuzzFeed story, that huge document, uh, that dossier that claimed that Donald Trump had paid Russian prostitutes to perform golden showers uh, in that hotel room that Barack Obama and his wife stayed in. Which, what kind of demented mind writes that kind of stuff? I mean, <laughs> I mean, we know that it was all fake, but for someone to actually sit back and think, okay, so Donald Trump's in Russia, okay, all right, that's a good. Well, we got to start there. Because, and where would he stay? There's, okay, he stays at the Ritz. Oh, wait a minute. The Obama stayed at the Ritz. I got it. He stays in the same room that the Obamas is, and he and he does something horrible to the bed. Uh, and, and then it, what, it rolls from there? I mean, that's just, that's kooky stuff. That's kooky stuff. Anyway, uh, so that's where we all are now. But yes, Peter, you're right. There's absolutely no evidence to prove it. And that's why this, this witch hunt continues uh, through the Trump administration. And that's why it's going to continue. Now, there's a couple things that are interesting about, about this whole situation because Donald Trump has, since he's come in, and no one, and this again, this isn't a political statement. This is just the facts. Donald Trump has basically let forth a fury, uh, a flurry rather, of activity. 
He started on day one with executive orders and he did not stop. And he's been going executive order after executive order after executive order. Let's build a wall, Obamacare. Then he started raiding. He, uh, the ICE is raiding all these places in Arizona and New York. And he's tweeting furiously about Chicago and Mark Cuban and everything else. And basically what he's trying to do or what he's, he may not even be trying to do it, although I'm pretty sure he is. What he's successfully doing is he is, he is basically creating static in the atmosphere for the news media. He's creating this static in the atmosphere so that it's very difficult to pinpoint uh, and stay focused on one story. He's also done something very interesting in the press room. And this is something that has the press corps up in arms. He's invited different press outlets than ever before. He's opened it up to Skype questions. And I don't know if you've ever watched uh, some of Sean Spicer's press conferences or his, his press briefings, but now they don't just take questions from reporters, White House reporters who are on scene, whose, whose outlets and TV uh, stations and radio outlets and news outlets have the wherewithal to be on site every single day in the White House waiting for news to happen. They are also taking fantastic calls and questions from all over the country. They have local news stations, WJLA in Washington, D.C., by the way, which is, a, which is a local news station. I used to watch it. They got to ask a question the other day to Donald Trump directly. And you've got other smaller outlets and websites that are being able, they're getting direct access to the president and to the president's press secretary in these meetings. And in this day and age, that's a phenomenal use of technology. But what does it do? It, make, it, it increases competition. And the major news outlets like CNN and the Washington Post and the New York Times and, and AP and Reuters, they're not the only ones asking the questions anymore. And it's infuriating them. Also, you have all of this information coming out on every single topic at once. And while it may be confusing for the White House as well, as we've seen with this Michael Flynn scenario, while it does create some turmoil and maybe some details get lost in the shuffle, like, hey, is the guy that you just appointed to your cabinet lying and also breaking international law with the Russians? Okay, yeah, that's important information that got, that got uh, dropped in between the cracks. But also, there's a lot of other information that the press will have to cover in some aspect. And as a result, it makes them very difficult to stick to one story. And rest assured that Donald Trump will continue with the rest of his agenda items because he wants to, A, get a whole bunch of stuff done, and B, before, of course, he gets impeached, if you're on Twitter, <laughs> and B, he wants to make sure that the press can't focus in on one, uh, one single rumor that they want to chase down uh, over and over and over. Uh, eight, oh, I'm sorry, 844-4, what is my number? I, I don't even know, 436-MARK, 844-436-6275. A lot of people watching on Facebook are concerned that I'm going to stab myself with this, with this credit card knife. And I'm telling you, I'm not, it's very safe. Actually, it's, once you folded it up, it's totally safe. It's not, like I said, it, it, and then when you fold it up this way, it's self sheathing, which means that it, it sheathes it, it, itself. And look, now you can't even cut yourself with it because it's, it's in a protective uh, credit card case. And you just slip that in your wallet. If you want one, again, go to my website, markk.com. Uh, M-A-R-K-K-A-Y-E.com. And right there on the right-hand side, free credit card knife. You just click on that, click to get yours now. All you pay is shipping. Uh, all you pay is shipping and you get the knife for free. It'll come to you in like a week or so. And then you too can sit on Facebook and play with knives. Isn't that exciting? Uh, all right, so that's where we are with the Michael Flynn thing. Uh, I'm gonna go get uh, some of your Facebook comments here in just a minute. I apologize again if the feed has been choppy. I would invite you all to go to YouTube or go to the blog, uh, go to the um, 
podcast later on so you can hear the whole thing. Uh, but let's see. Let's get a couple comments in here. Teresa Smith, impeach is a beautiful word right now. Uh, oh, uh, Diana just ordered a knife. I love that they reach out to local press, not just DC elites. That is some, I don't know if that, I don't know who came up with that idea, but I'll be honest with you. I think that it solves several problems. It, number one, it makes the media, uh, work harder. And I'm talking about the mainstream media, the MSM that everyone's always complaining about. It makes them work harder because when you have more competition, there's these press briefings are only so long. They only take so many questions. And when you have more competition, you're going to do your job hopefully better, or you're not going to be able to do it at all. You're just going to, you're going to go by the wayside. I mean, that's, that's what they tell us all the time. You know, that's whenever I fill in, whenever I fill in for Herman Cain or on my own radio show, or anytime I do anything, they're like, you better do it better than anyone else. Cause if not, you can be replaced. And that's exactly the same with any uh, institution and the press. They, they're very comfortable with their, their status in the white house. And when you open it up to local news agencies, here's the other thing too. Think about this. All right. Think about it. You're a news director or an anchor and you're sitting in, I don't know, what's a small, what's a small, like maybe, I don't know, Birmingham, Alabama. All right. Maybe you're sitting in Birmingham, Alabama, and you go online and you say, Hey, we would like to ask Sean Spicer a question in the next press briefing via Skype. And you get an email from the white house. I don't know if that's how it works. I'm assuming they email. Uh, maybe they, <laughs> I, I know that email is a big thing in government, but a, a, hopefully they're doing it from an official white house server. So they email you and they say, Hey, we would love for you to ask your question via Skype tomorrow at noon during Sean Spicer's press briefing or two o'clock or whenever the hell it is. I mean, you, you get one question for the, basically the president of the United States or his direct representative, his direct mouthpiece. You get one question. You are not going to waste that opportunity. Okay. You are going to sit down with your reporters. You're going to figure out what the best and most important story, the thing that's on everyone's mind, the thing that everyone needs to care about, you're going to figure out what that is. You're going to figure out what piece of information or nugget you don't yet have that nobody else has. And you're going to craft a question that is both smart, sensible, uh, something that people care about, and something that is going to give you the best bang for your buck. And that's why those questions probably, in the, I mean, I'm hoping that's what you do. I'm hoping you don't just get up there and say, uh, do you like pickles? Who? Uh, because, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, what you think Alabama's going to win this, uh, the BCS bowl next year. You think they're going to choke again? Ha <laughs> ha. Hopefully you're not, hopefully you're not doing that. Uh, but you know, I, I think when you're sitting in the room every day and you know that you can ask a question every day and you can ask a follow-up question every day and you could even interrupt because these people on Skype, they can't interrupt. So they know they're one of them. They're going to ask the question and then they're out. And they're going to get their response and that's it. There's no follow-ups. There's no, oh, let me get back to what I was saying. There's no arguing one-on-one. And I think it makes for a cleaner and I think it's a much better experience, not just for the people in the press, but, all, well, not the people in the room that aren't, they're, they're just going to be annoyed, but also us who have to, who have to, uh, you know, um, basically, you know, what do you call it? Consume this media. We're going to get our information from somewhere. Wouldn't it be better if we had uh, a variety of choices? from which to get it from. I know. I, you know what? I'm going to talk to, uh, we own a bunch of TV stations uh, all over the country. I'm going to talk to a bunch of people. I'm, I'm going to see if they've ever gotten in on that and what they think, if they think it's a good policy or a bad policy. Mark Mayfield, how about them Patriots? Jamie Kirby, I love pickles. Oh, good. I'm so, I do love pickles too. Um, so if, if Sean Spicer likes pickles, I think, 
Uh, that'd be a good thing. Stephen Brown, this is the problem of the day. The Democrats don't need proof of anything. They just make wild accusations to see what, if any, will stick. Stephen Brown, that does appear to be a problem in some cases. A bigger problem is that somebody is feeding information. Somebody is feeding information to the media. Somebody from inside the White House, and it appears somebody from inside the intelligence community, which means American spies. The FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the, uh, I mean, I, those are really the only, those are the big three that, that, that come to mind. Somebody is listening to the president's conversations with the Australian PM and leaking that information. Somebody is, is looking at transcripts of Michael Flynn's conversations with Russian ambassadors and leaders and diplomats and, and looking at those transcripts and not only looking at them, but then copying them and sending them out to the media, which I have to believe is a violation of like 47 different laws. That really, that really is the biggest problem of the day. And hopefully, hopefully somebody is going to report on that. Hopefully somebody's going to talk about that. Oh, if there's any small town Birmingham news outlets who are going to get a question from Sean Spicer uh, via Skype, maybe that's the question you should ask. I would love that. That'd be great. Anyway, listen, I got to go. Don't forget, get your free knife at markk.com right now. You only pay for shipping credit card knives. Uh, they're great. They don't actually, you can't actually buy stuff with them. It's not an actual credit card. They just call it that because it looks like one. I will see everybody tomorrow. If you've got a question for me or if there's something you want me to talk about tomorrow, uh, hit me up on Facebook. Just send me a message. Until then, I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow.